We acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the unceded, ancestral, and occupied traditional territory of the Musqueam, Tsleil-Waututh, and Squamish nations of the Coast Salish peoples. In some parts of Canada, treaties were signed with First Nations that gave incoming settlers rights to much of the land, while in other areas, few or no treaties were signed. Unceded land was never given or legally signed away to Britain or Canada. It was stolen and continues to be occupied and governed by settlers today. As we live, work, surf and play, we are grateful to the Métis, Inuit and Indigenous peoples of Turtle Island and from around the world who have stewarded these lands and sacred surf spots for thousands of years. We recognize their amazing resistance, resilience and strength in the face of ongoing dispossession, colonial violence and injustice. In particular, we wish for justice to be brought for the murdered and missing Indigenous women and girls from across our country. We believe that for true healing and harmony to occur, we must reflect and speak up about oppression while working together as we move forward in truth and reconciliation. We can be better. We can do better. Freshies, welcome to Permastoke. I am your host, Derek Hyatt. In this podcast, we talk to your favorite surfers and stand-up paddleboarders from across the Great Lakes, Canada, the U.S., and beyond. Take a peek into their lives and find out what it means to be stoked. Is it a natural state of euphoria, elation, a relentless commitment? I also talk to other Permastoke individuals related to surf culture, such as artists, entrepreneurs, filmmakers, musicians, philanthropists, yogis, and much more. Join me in learning from these field experts and enthusiasts while being inspired by their undying passion, insights, and rad tales. Permastoke is brought to you by Freshwater Surf Kids, your surf brand devoted to spreading the stoke across the unsalted seas and cultivating pride amongst the surf community. We do this by providing products and apparel that celebrate what makes both Great Lakes and Canadian surf culture so special. Stand out in the tribe by rocking our signature tee that features rad monoline illustrations of surfers shredding it up on each of the Great Lakes. Visit freshwatersurfbids.com for yours today. And be sure to check out our stand-up paddleboard school. With future plans to relocate to Southern Ontario, we currently offer basic and advanced courses private lessons, tours, custom experiences, and sup yoga in the waterways of beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. Connect with Mother Ocean, have fun, enjoy good company, and the West Coast sights and wildlife as you take your skills from okay to killer with a Paddle Canada certified instructor. If you'd rather stay dry, check out our Great Vibes Yoga Meditation and Healing Program. Aloha is a life force energy of loving and living in harmony with all my relations. Through movement, mantra, meditation, and breath, our classes reveal to seekers how to merge with their higher self so they may spread great vibrations and the spirit of aloha throughout the global consciousness. We use powerful technologies such as kundalini yoga and the Hawaiian art of ho'oponopono to calm the nervous system and leave you feeling uplifted and in harmony with mind, body, and spirit. 
Enjoy community, connection, and a chill atmosphere filled with great vibes and sacred ancient teachings delivered with humor and integrity. On today's episode, we interview visionary artist Chris Dyer. Chris grew up in Lima, Peru till the age of 17. He was involved in skateboarding, surfing, and even some destructive street gang activities. He later moved to Canada to study art. Today, he is based in Montreal, where he works out of his home studio, The Positive Portal. Chris's art is rooted in the skateboard culture he has been a part of since he was a young boy when he would draw his own board graphics. That eventually led him to working in the California and worldwide skate industry, doing graphics for a variety of well-respected brands. More recently, he was the art director of California's Creation Skateboards, and these days he continues to do graphics for a bunch of big brands in the industry, including Deathwish and Santa Cruz Skateboards. Because of his unique style of psychedelic art and high productivity, Chris has become one of the leading figures of the North American visionary art scene. This position has given him the chance to act as a bridge between the spiritual movement and both the street art and skate art movements. Some of his broader artistic themes include consciousness, truth, oneness, introspection, personal development, and kindness. Chris manages his own brand, Positive Creations, which offers a variety of quality apparel and artsy accessories. His work of all kinds is slowly reaching out to the underground, thanks to many magazines and books sharing his trippy art. It is the uniqueness of his honest soul expressions and his solid social media presence that has helped him find his own following. Chris's biggest joy is to make his fans happy and to meet up with them at different events he performs at. So make sure to catch him somewhere and give him a nice big hug. In this episode, we explore Chris's outlook on COVID-19, the last 10 years of his career, experiences with ayahuasca, and the wacky rules of home ownership in Peru. This episode was recorded on Monday, May 17, 2020. It features explicit language and an in-depth discussion regarding drug use. Listener discretion is advised on this one, especially for the young kiddos. It does get pretty real, but it's also pretty awesome. Audio quality is good, but it's not great as the connection was a bit weak communicating between Canada and a remote desert in Peru. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed having the conversation. Mahalo for listening and enjoy the show. Chris, welcome to Permastoke, man. How's it going? Pretty good, Derek. I'm doing great. Um, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well, man. Uh, nice. What is it? Some kind of holiday today. Victoria Day? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I up here in know. Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, so how are things down in Peru, man? I understand you are in complete lockdown, martial law. Yeah. Um, well, I'm in like a little town south of Lima. So it's just kind of like rural dirt road with donkey carts passing through. Like I can't go out. There's just nowhere to go out. And if I actually get to the part of town where there's people, uh, there's police that would send me back home or give me a fine. So I've pretty much just been at my parents' land for the last two months. And it's okay, you know, because that's my life usually. Like I stay home and I paint and, you know, just yeah. enjoy of nature and family. It's not like I'm out too much. But yeah, this is kind of like the time of the year where I'm actually like getting back to cruising out, like, uh, you know, doing festivals or teaching workshops and yeah, it's okay if I don't do it this year, you know, it's really exhausting and I, I don't mind having the time for myself, but there's something psychological about like 
being grounded in one place and not being able to go out for many months and uh, not having the freedom to do what you want in your life. But I guess we're all in that or most of us, uh, yeah. I don't know. And, uh, you know, just making the most out of it, taking the chance to grow and make art, uh, actually laying out my new book. So, yeah, I'm making the most out of it. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to ask you that. How has COVID uh, like affected you spiritually? What kind of insights has it given you? Um, well, I find because it's been the whole world getting into the same vibration at the same time. There's been general community waves hitting us all. And those are not necessarily positive all the time. Papa, por favor, estoy hablando. Um, and uh, sometimes it, it, I'll be like very anxious for no reason and stressed. And I'm not that way too often but yeah. i just kind of like feeling it and then other days i'm like blissful and really like on a really good spiritual vibration so um on the days i'm feeling good i'm grateful on the days i'm not doing good i try to find ways to ground out and also to help the community so yeah but uh, it's i think it's a really great chance for us to like take a break and observe what we're doing as a collective planet humanity what we want to what direction we want to go into like what should we change and also not let it to be a chance for oppression and going the wrong direction so there's definitely a lot of things to uh contemplate and improve so i think it's it's a gift and uh we gotta make the most out of it <laughs> yeah yeah this whole time for the past you know two months i've been at home but i've been working so there's been a slight change you know being home more but when you're still working for another company you know you're still in that mindset and i just okay. yeah and i just recently got laid off but with the guarantee that i'll be going back to work in two months and you know i have the uh the supplement yeah and you can get your serve right yeah i get the serve so i'm also taking that as a gift it's really just giving me more time to yeah work on me and, and do the things that i want to do it's really really quite something and i find with what you were saying i find that this covid experience sort of amplifies the highs and lows mm -hmm. yeah definitely <clears throat> Once again, because we're all in it together, so and there's less distractions that we kind of will resonate more, and we're paying more attention, maybe you want it or not. Uh, yeah. You know, like when you're out in the world, and you know you can dis dis get distracted or pull this and that direction. And uh, but when you're at home by yourself or with a few people, you kind of got to start paying attention to your feelings and that gets intensified. I think that's all good things. Once again, you know, self-awareness and observation and yeah, I think yeah, it's, for sure. it's a good situation as much as it's challenging, but you know, challenges are good for growth. Yeah, definitely. So, so along the same kind of lines, how has COVID and this experience of really grounding affected your art? Um, I've done a couple pieces uh, inspired from it. One was making it as a monster attacking the world, but ultimately transmuting it to a better world because that's what I would like to believe it's what it's about. Then I did another skateboard painting that was about meditation and just the flowering of the being. So yes, there's the transmutation of the world, but this transmutation of me, the individual, uh, that I want to become a better person. When I come out of this, I want to like be more happy and confident and full 
So that takes also self-work. I've been exercising more, getting back to my ideal weight, and I've been doing more yoga, and I've been meditating more. So I'm trying to like really also make sure that I come out stronger, and that reflects in my art. The piece I'm actually working on right now, it's more a, a chaotic piece of messiness. I have the complication that I can't make it to a uh, art store or get deliveries. So I'm working with the art materials in hand, like a mm. piece of wood and markers is, was the one thing that I had left. Like I got acrylics, but I don't have brushes. My brushes all kind of like died on me after last oh, five wow. months here. So yeah, I'm just kind of like experimenting and letting the chaos and randomness of the experience express through a painting. But other than that, I've done commissions too. You got to keep the, the bills paid. You can't get put them all on pause, unfortunately. So I've been doing some logos and graphics for clients. And as I said, I'm laying out my book, which, you know, it's a job in itself, but it's a very fun one. So it's a little bit retrospective, you know, because each painting has a chapter in my life and I got to like look back on it and think and, and write about it and really get into that energy of like, say, when I was married, because I used to be married. And, you know, and what went wrong. So I really got to observe it so I can then write about it. So it's been like a recapitulation for me, especially this month, which is full of retrogrades. It's kind of like the perfect time to like dive back into the last 10 years of my life to then re-express it through a book. So what is the, what's the concept of the book? Is this a biography or a reflection of your art? Yeah, it's, it's a coffee table art book. Uh, this is my last one. Um, so it's kind of like a piece with like lots of art and skateboards yeah. and pictures and, uh, but the thing is that my art is more, it's just kind of like the expression of how am I think, feeling about myself a different part of life. So it's kind of like, I can't avoid, but doing it biographically because he's like, oh, this painting reflected this chapter in my life. So, so if I do it uh, chronologically, it kind of tells the story of my life as I go um, along with it. So it's, uh, it's, you know, it makes it more fun for the reader to have a storyline too. And, and, you know, it starts about something real. So I think that's what art should be about. So yeah, it's a coffee table art book, but with lots of story nice. to it. So kind of like the, the last 10 years of my life because the first book was my first 30 years and now I'm just going to put like my 30s <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. my thesis for it yeah I want to get a copy of that book but I saw it on Amazon it's like 75 bucks on Amazon do you, do you sell it on really your, yeah yeah probably because they don't have many oh, copies weird. or something yeah do you sell it on positive uh, creations or positive creation should have it at a cheaper than 75 bucks uh Wow, no, that's weird that it's so expensive on uh, Amazon. Maybe because it's Canadian dollars, it, it's, it just inflates. But, uh, you yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's out there. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. not too expensive. <laughs> so speaking of the last 10 years, you know, I've been following you. You know, I've been watching your videos for a while and things like that. But in preparation for today, I watched your um, documentary last night, hour and a half documentary on YouTube. And I got to say, man. Cool, thank it, you. Yeah, it it was it was wicked, and but unexpectedly for me, it it really brought up a lot because um, you know I could relate to a lot of what you were saying, especially being a frustrated young man and uh, everything that goes along with that, and you know seeing the seeing you know the things that that happened in Peru and the the soccer games and whatnot. And then all the stuff about the alcohol, because I'm going on uh, nine years sober this July. 
And during COVID, I actually, yeah, thanks, man. And during COVID, I actually lost my stepdad a couple of weeks ago from uh, alcohol abuse. Oh, he, sorry. Yeah, he just, oh, no. kinda, yeah, I got wasted one night and didn't wake up the next day. He'd been suffering a while. But so watching your man. video, I was like, wow, it took me through a freaking journey, man. Like, you know, going through all that and then seeing your growth and, and coming out the other side. Um, but at the end of it, it had me thinking, I looked at the publishing date. It looked like it was 2008. I filmed it 2008 and it kind of took like two years to edit because uh, it was like kind of like ghetto styles. And it was, it got released around 2011. Okay. So, so yeah, it's a little bit old, but you know, happy that you could relate and that it actually touched you. And yeah, I feel that truly to become a positive person, you kind of got to go to the dark side too and, and experience that and get burnt by life. So then you learn that that's not really the path you want to follow. And, and you can be more real about your positive path that you choose, uh, choose for yourself. So, you know, we're yeah. humans, we make mistakes. For sure. And, man. Uh, but, but it's all learning and growing. So it's also a blessing and, grateful for it <laughs> yeah yeah because my alter ego i guess you could call it was you know basically from high school and into the 20s it was hardcore that was my name right these days i'm feeling a lot more softcore and i'm totally cool with that yeah you know the that uh wild man character you know you know spicoli or you know this the classic stoner drunk of the gang you know, it's funny, but you can't live that way the rest of your life. You know, no. it's, it's a load of joke and it's really just a mask to hide the insecurities you have inside. You're just, we're all just looking for love or popularity or, you know, approval. So yeah. uh, we phase and we try different things and people like that character of the stoner, but you just can't be that forever. You know, like we're, we're more than that. And we, we need to grow and become empowered in our true selves, not in the characters we, we assign to ourselves sometimes. Yeah. And you really see that in your movie and wow, man, the scene where you talk about, you actually saw someone got beat to death at a soccer game. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the soccer uh, street gang scene, scene of the 90s in Peru was pretty gnarly. Wow. Uh, it's actually not even that bad anymore because it was pre-guns. Once guns start the situation, then Nere was dying and people are like, oh, let's not do this anymore because we don't want to die. But yeah. before guns, it was just rock. So it was, it was just kind of Nere throwing rocks at each other and it was like pretty gnarly and, and crazy. And uh, especially for like a, you know, upper class white kid in the bad part of town is like the scariest thing like the biggest you know adrenaline rush so yeah perfect yeah. for a 15 year old <laughs> yeah for sure man and then the tree planting scenes really got me i did a summer of tree planting as well um out in the east coast i did it in nova scotia deep in the woods oh wow yeah where were yeah. you where, where where did all that take place for you uh, my first year of tree planting was in Northern Ontario. Um, okay. And then the second year was in Alberta. And the third year was in between BC and Alberta. BC and Alberta pay better than Ontario. Uh, but I've never been out east. So that, that must have been beautiful too. 
Yeah, because that was the, that was my mentality. I'd never been out east, so I thought, what an opportunity to sort of kill two birds with one stone. And it was just right. gorgeous, man. Yeah, but what I'm told that is very unique about the East Coast tree planting are the ticks. Did you did you encounter ticks in your journeys? Ticks? Ticks, yeah, like the little insect like, that burrows into like your Lyme skin. disease kind of ticks? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I can't remember seeing or thinking about ticks. Okay. Now I'm a lot more aware. I think I'm more yeah. aware of it ever since I started going to upper state New York or even California, uh, but can't really remember it uh, yeah. like in three months. Well, <laughs> if... If there were ticks, you would remember, man. They're pretty hard to forget. And basically, it's like, you know, you, you take your really cold shower if you get the chance, like once every four days. And then, you know, you get up in the morning and before you go to work, you kind of do a check and then you can find them in some pretty odd places. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we were more scared of ticks than bears, probably. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, you, Lyme disease is a bad situation that yeah, doesn't yeah. leave you, I think. No. Yeah. So, well, the, you didn't get it. No, man, for sure. So the, the whole reason I'm going around this is because I'm wondering, okay, so the video sort of came out in 2011, went up to around 2008, 2010. So if you were to continue that movie or make a part two, what would this sort of chapters or what what did what did your journey look like from then i guess i'm asking you this because you've been on other podcasts you've explained your biography i'm not gonna do that here you know but i but i'm curious if people check that out what's happened since yeah well at the end of my documentary i show my wedding and it seems like it's like oh happy ever after okay so he found love and and he's good to go but uh yeah, the 10 years since then, which I right now, as I said, I'm, I'm kind of like looking over for my book that I'm working on. Yeah, a lot of things happened. Uh, I was married uh, for like five years. And in the end of 2012, the beginning of 2013, like things really started happening for me as if like some kind of mystical portal happened. It was really trippy because we, we were all saying like, oh, what's going to happen in 2012? And then nothing obvious happened. But 2014, yeah. it was like, blessings, blessings, blessings. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, you know, we got a, uh, my wife's parents bought us a big apartment by the nicest park in Montreal out of nowhere. And oh. they were always against our marriage. So it was like unexpected. And then my career started blowing up. So I actually paid all my debts and even had like, you know, abundance and, um, you know, got invited to Cosm for the first time. And then at the end of the year, I, I went traveling to Peru for a couple of months with my wife and I did ayahuasca for the first time. So like a lot of good things happened in uh, 2013, 2014. But then 2015, she got really sick and it just kind of like she could never travel anymore because of it. And our relationship kind of got ruined from it because my career kept on getting bigger and I wanted to travel the world, you know, serving and, and doing my art. And she just couldn't travel. And she didn't want me to travel because she didn't want to stay home while I'm out there like having fun. And that just got worse and worse. And I just, we had to divorce and we stayed friends. But um, it was sad, you know, like I, all of a sudden I was a 37 year old out of shape, 
single and I'm like, oh my God, like I'm old, I'm fat, no one's gonna like me, I'm gonna end up alone. But at least now I had the freedom to travel. So I traveled around the world for like a, a year. I went like everywhere I want to go. I was like, okay, let's go to Norway, let's go to Russia, let's go to Easter Island, let's go to Bali, let's go to Nepal, all these places I've always wanted to go to, let's go. You know, let's try to forget the pain of uh, your life going down the toilet. Because not only I lost my wife, but I lost the house that that we that I fucking worked so hard to like prepare, even though I didn't pay for it. But um, so it was hard, and you know, I did find myself through it. I did find my confidence again. I I went started going to the gym, lost the weight, and I met new girls made me happy and yeah life goes on uh, my la- my uh, career has continued to grow more on the side of murals and teaching workshops a little bit less on the side of skateboard art um and yeah now i'm in another chapter i'm in peru my parents bought this piece of land eight years ago and they've been slowly building this house so now they got a house in nature that i can come and visit at any point so I'm happy about that. And yeah, there's definitely a lot of um, uh, uncertainty of what's going to happen after this chapter of the COVID and me being grounded here for so long. But I'm sure it's all blessings, you know. It's Once again, it's another portal stepping into the new uh, chapter of humanity, which I hope will be a better one. I can only vibrate optimism that the next chapter of humanity will be a good one because I don't want to attract the negative one. You know, the negative one is also there parallel superimposed, you know, wanting to, for us to pay attention to it. Like, look at all the shit, look at all the shit. And I'm like, no, I'd rather pay attention to the fact that we're growing up and we're getting spiritually empowered. So let's keep on working at that. And the negative will just have to melt away because they won't be able to stand against the light. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful for the future, both in personal life and for the planet. <laughs> yeah, nice. So obviously your business is, you know, called Positive Creations and you're known for being this positive guy. And I would say in the documentary, I was also really affected by some of the scenes about hitchhiking and that fearlessness that you had, you know, just the trust in the universe to go with 20 bucks and, and things are going to work out, right? And it sounds like that's still how you function today. Well, I wouldn't say I was fearless, but I was ready to step into positions that had uncertainty and fear and have uh, trust in the process. You know, the tree planting chapter, I mean, the hitchhiking chapter happened right after tree planting. I was like 21, 22. You're still pretty, you know, naive and confident at that age i'm 41 now so it's not like i'm more afraid but i'm just so spoiled you know it's like oh i don't need to pitch hike i can you know fly or or whatever i want like i got more power now i can stay in a good hotel i don't have to stay on the side of the road and be ghetto i can if i want to but I, once again I, I got a little bit spoiled yeah. um but that's not a bad thing either you know like i'm i'm a little bit older and i deserve to stay in the comfort that i deserve before i just couldn't afford anything so you do what you got to do in order to go and and get your life experience and learn and grow um but yeah you know i got fears i got insecurities i'm a normal human being but i never really let it get in my way too much you know even if a situation is scary i still try to do it like for example last summer i went to palestine to paint at uh refugee camps and 
I actually didn't even know what I was getting myself into till I got there. And once I was there, I was like, oh, damn, this is kind of like a violent environment. There's gunshots happening all the time. There's a war happening and I'm in the middle of it. And uh, they don't know who I am. We can't speak the same language. I'm painting murals in their in their town. And they're not really understanding why I'm doing that, even though I'm, I'm doing it with good like intentions. They might be like, what the hell is that Israeli looking guy painting on our walls? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> no way for me to say like, no, I'm like not against anybody. I'm pro everybody. But anyway, so there was stress and anxiety doing that job, for example. But I was never going to be like, okay, I can't go back tomorrow. I'm too afraid. You just bite the bullet and you go and you paint and you get out and you know you'll be protected and uh, yeah you're you're doing your service so whatever we call god hopefully will protect me and if it and if he doesn't and if i do actually get harmed or die i would hope there would be a purpose to it or a lesson so that uh, you know everything's meant for a reason if i live my life that way i can at least be okay with whatever happening of course we always want the good things happening um but yeah i try not to let I, it's not that I don't have fear. I just try to not let fear uh, interfere with uh, the services that I feel called to do. Nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're 41. Okay, let, let me ask you this then. So you're my elder by three years. I just turned 38. And when my when my wife and I moved here to Vancouver, it was about 12 years ago. I, I was, yeah, I was 26. And it was a similar kind of thing. Like, just didn't worry too much. You know, we didn't have much money. We, were li we had been living in Toronto. We were just drained from that city life. Um, and so coming out here with no money and... It didn't seem risky. It, it seemed like a no-brainer. It just made sense, right? And um, and we've been blessed ever since. It's been a great time out here. But now we're starting to feel the call to go back to Ontario, to be closer to family, to start our own family. Um, I'm trying to start this this brand and business, you know, teaching uh, stand-up paddleboarding and yoga and, and doing more surfing back on the Great Lakes. Um, but I have to admit, it, I feel more afraid to take that risk to even go back home than I did coming out here, you know? And you know, we have more money in the account now and, and all those kind of things. And I'm just trying to wrap my head around that. Like, why, wh where is this resistance coming from? You know, can you speak to that at all? Like getting a bit older and, and how that yeah. approach might change? Well, playing it safe a little bit yeah well the thing is when you're younger you just want to break everything you know like you you're just kind of like okay the adults put me in this box i need to escape i need to like you know find my own way my own path then we live our 20s our 30s and we find our our boxes to sit in comfortably mm. and like oh i like this life and then sometimes we feel that if we break out of that box the next box might not be so good which there's always that chance yeah but you can't live your life that way like you, you would hate your life if you stayed in the same comfy box forever uh there's an excitement about breaking out of that box and be like you know what i deserve an even nicer box let's go out there and find like a house by a lake i can attract abundance what's my perfect reality for the future let's go out and get that you know like I, I i i'm happy with this chapter this apartment was beautiful 
all blessings and gratefulness, but it was just a chapter and my life has many more chapters to come and I'm okay with throwing myself into the dark because I know I'll yeah. always be, uh, you know, sustained for. So yeah, just have fun with it. And and once again, accept the, the fear of it. There's an excitement and the uncertainty. If, if you already knew the future that you would be all right, you'd be like, okay, let's go. Everything's safe. And you know, there's no, nothing to be nervous around like no be nervous enjoy the nervousness you know and uh and be stoked once you accomplish your goals because you will if you if you want to <laughs> yeah that's good advice thanks man i i guess also being in this covid situation that really reinforces what you're talking about it's it's sort of the push i feel like i need right now because i was getting a little too oh this is comfortable even though you know like my job and stuff it's okay but i know it's not what i want to be doing forever and whatnot it's just sort of a placeholder right so this covid really shakes things up and it's like hey like now's the time like this is the perfect time to transition right so i'm trying to be more receptive to those signs i had another similar experience when i was younger and i was feeling this call to go move and live in the arctic for a while and everyone just thought i was freaking crazy and uh so i did i ended up moving up to nineveh and you know it was one of the most expensive places to live I ended up saving the most money I had ever had. I made enough to, to buy myself a brand new longboard that was waiting for me when I got home and a custom surfboard. And uh, yeah, so I'm trying to go back to that again. Just trust and just throw it all out there. So, so th- yeah. You write your your own book of your life. And is it going to be an exciting book? Is it going to be a boring book, a safe book, an exciting book, an unusual book? Uh, yeah, like have fun, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's your life and we don't live forever. So might as well, you know, make the most out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember, you know, around turning 30 and then the years to come, it was like, man, this is so much better than twenties. Like it's awesome being in my thirties, you know, I can relax. I'm not so concerned what everybody thinks, you know, I'm more comfortable in my own skin. So does that just continue on into the forties or what does that feel like now? Is it a new stage um, or? I've, I've had ups and downs, you know, because as, as I said, I I was married, so I was super comfortable, you know, and that's why I got out of shape because I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. Like, she's going to love me either way. I'm just going to get yeah. fat and whatever. We're going to watch Netflix every night for the rest of my life. And, you know, my sex life will be what it'll be. <laughs> and that's it, you know, very comfortable in that. And then it, that got removed and I had to be like, oh shit, I got to reinvent myself here and, and start again. So there was kind of like a return of Saturn at the end of my 30s. You know, return of Saturn? So no. basically at the end of your 20s, uh, Saturn comes knocking on your door and challenges you and tells you like, okay, like time to drop your bullshit before you go to your 30s, you know, drop your bullshit and let's, and that's why a lot of rock stars die at, 20, at 27. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I basically had one of those at the end of my 30s where it's like, okay, Chris, like you're back to zero here. Let's drop your bullshit and let's get into your 40s like a fucking pimp ass person. So that's where I was like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, let's, uh, you know, let's go into the gym. Let's eat better. Let's, let's be, you know, that's, I started doing a lot more shamanic practice and going to the jungle of Peru to do my shamanic medicines and, and yeah, I'm still, you know, 41, still working hard at myself and always want to improve and grow. And, and, uh, but yeah, the more I, I do improve and grow, the more 
comfortable I can be with myself, the more I can allow myself to be. So yeah, I, I would like to think that inside uh, things always get better. But I've had my waves, you know. I've had yeah. crashes where I'm just so depressed too, and you're like, "Fuck," you know. <laughs> but that's life. Yeah, man. So I was checking out the shaman that you you work with, Herbert something. Yeah, Quinteros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, the whole ayahuasca thing, I'm extremely curious, but whenever I ask people about it, they don't really reveal too much. And so I'm I'm really curious, like what is in that experience? Like what is what is exactly happening? Um and what should you really, be what should you be expecting? You don't know what she's gonna do. Uh, that's the thing, you know. It's really it, I, I can't be all like, oh well, this is what it's happening. I can tell you what happens when you're on mushrooms, but I can't tell you what happens on ayahuasca because it's almost like a you opened up a portal to a alien conscious entity that's gonna like check you out first. And she knows you already because she's connected with the web of all reality and the God mind. And she's like, okay, cool. I need to do this. It's like, she's like a mechanic that looks at the broken car and it's like, okay, this guy's dirty. He needs an oil check first. So the first ceremony could just be oil check. Uh, or the first ceremony could be uh, hello. This is who I am. This is what I can do. Enjoy the ride. Next one. I'm going to get you, you know, like uh, next one won't be so fun. So enjoy this one. That, that was what happened to me. My first ayahuasca ceremony was like the fucking best psychedelic journey ride ever. Okay. And then the second one was like no visions. She just let me on fire. And there I was sitting on fire for hours wow. because she needed to melt away some of my dirt and recollect it and then put it in the furnace of my belly. And then for me to puke out because I needed to get rid of some anger. Uh, by now, I've done it like 30 times. Every ceremony is different. There's similarities in certain episodes. Like there's the sickness part where you're just so sick and you really want to puke, and that's it, trying to get rid of your dirt. There's the times where it's time to enjoy the DNT ride, and she's just dancing for you, and you can get ecstatic. She's done everything to me she's made me feel like my pain and my fear really intensely it's like feel it feel it feel it and you're like oh girl, feel the pain and the sadness and all the bad and she'll be like but you see how you're still standing you see see how you're still alive and you can live life even with this amount of pain it's like yes okay so now go back to living life and don't fear it so much you know it's just all lesson. And other times she's just a full-on psychologist like talking to you, being like, oh, what's your relationship with this person? And why do you think you act this way? And, you know, it's like a little butterfly that goes around you, like putting mirrors and being like, look at yourself, look at yourself. Who are you? Who are you? Who am I? You know, like you cannot figure out who she is. Uh, you, you're like, what the fuck, you know? And then other times she takes you like deep into like other dimensions and shows you like the akashic tree of life of the library of all knowledge and energy which is connected to god it's like this is the nature of reality and this is what you got to connect yourself to so you can feed other humans through it there's been other times where she's electrocuted me and i explosive puke to try to get like a parasite from the deeps depths of my belly 
there's been other times where I've allowed myself to let go and I've just disappeared into the phase where you go past certain dimensions where you become everything and nothing at the same time, where I've also gone with Bufo. That's why I, I was able to recognize it. It's like, oh, here's where I went with the Bufo frog. I, I was like, I can take you there too, but she's a little bit gentler, you know? She, it might take you 30 ceremonies to allow yourself to surrender enough to go that high if high is what it does yeah i don't know there's just so much you know oh. As, uh, just, uh, there's a lot of things she can do she can show me the energy of people who've left my life and i can understand how they're feeling and then i understand them better ah uh, it just goes on and on and uh so yeah she cleans you she teaches you uh, about yourself and about the nature of reality and she activates you she expands your physical body it's like a really good potent medicine that i think yeah. if every human would be working with it uh, we would all be a little bit less crazy <laughs> yeah a lot of possibility wow okay you've definitely told me more than i've heard before yeah <laughs> but it changes you know it could be totally different for you uh, yeah. and that, that that's not for me to know what you need or what she needs to uh, do with you. Uh, and yeah, and it's definitely not a medicine that's for everybody. Like mm-hmm. for some people, it might be too intense. Uh, I took my parents to my last retreat. I, I okay. offer a retreat in Peru at the end of the year. And it was my fourth one. I was telling my parents like, come on, come with me this time. You don't have to pay for anything. And they're like, okay, let's go to the jungle. And then they did three ceremonies with me. And, and uh, they, they, my shaman went, gentle on them but they still got visions and some lessons and they they appreciated it as much as it was also very weird for them now you mentioned like 30 sessions dude so do you go to do you go to it with the intent that okay i'm I'm doing this one now i need to come back in two weeks as a follow-up like is there a prescription or is it just are you just going when you want to Um, usually one ceremony is not enough like uh, it's almost once again, it's like going to the mechanic and you take the car and on day one, he might just be like cleaning up the car to be able to access it properly, you know? Uh, and then day two gets deeper into the motor and starts finding some things and it starts. And then the third time they might be like doing something different. So usually I do it in batches of three where it's like one day. Yes. One day. No one day. Yes. One day. No one day. Yes. And my retreats, it's that way. So I usually do it three times a year at the end of the year at my retreats that I offer. Uh, But then sometimes it it happens that I'm just traveling the world and I'll meet up with my shaman by random coincidence. Uh, Like I met him like randomly in Russia and then I met him randomly in uh, Brazil. And then I've also done uh, sessions with him in, uh, in Florida and Thailand. So it just happens that I get three to six ceremonies a year. Like, uh, you know, I, when you're doing them, there's moments that are fun, but there's a lot of struggle too. So it's not like when I finish, it's like, I want more, like, give me more ayahuasca ceremonies. It's like kind of like heavy. It's like, whoa, dude. Yeah. Like sometimes you just go so far from your body and the physical plane that when you come back, you're like, oh my God, like, how can I go back? there in two days you know like so i tell my shaman like hey like uh go easy on me like i it, this is really stretching me i don't want to break um so yeah, i try to like go you, easy 
it sounds like you might need some space in between to really reflect on this, right? You don't want right. to overdo it. Integration. Like, yeah. It's right. not like a week inter- of just drinking every night. Like this is something you want to absorb. Right. Uh, the integration process is as important as the ceremonies itself because it's showing you things that are hard to even understand. And then you come back and you got to be like, okay, what was that about? What can I remember? And how can I become the things that she's teaching me that I should be? Because she can be all like, yo, Chris, like, how come you're over identifying with your career or your name or your body? Like, that's not you. You know that. Feel yourself right now as a soul. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I'm the soul. I'm this like eternal ball of light connected to everybody else. Like, why am I getting lost in like, Chris Dyer is this guy and he's a white dude and blah, blah, blah. That's just kind of like my... I don't know, avatar role in this life, but that's not what defines me. So she's always trying to be like, yo, dude, don't don't get lost in that story. So you really kind of got to like remember that every day almost and be like, oh yeah, like of course I'm Chris and I live this life and I paint and blah, 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 but that's not the ultimate who I am. Like, mm-hmm. uh, So it's she's always reminding you like over and over again, the same things almost. It's like, oh yeah, you're here to serve. You're not here to serve your ego. You're here to serve others because we're all just kind of like trying to go back home to the light and that light is love. So in being in service, you're vibrating love towards others and thus getting closer to your godly nature. So I'm just always just remembering that I'm not here to satisfy my ego and be the best artist in the world. I'm, you know, proof to everybody that I'm worth their love and attention. Like, no, I'm trying to become the love and be the most humble servant of them. And, uh, you know, that's how I'll reach my highest potential. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like the goal of your art then in your mind is to elevate other people into their higher consciousness. Right. Well, my art has different roles and one of them is to heal myself by expressing myself honestly. Um, And because I'm expressing myself honestly, a lot of people will relate and feel like they're being understood or maybe a clue on their own path. And in that way, it becomes medicine to them too. Um, I'd like to say that my art is purely done for the benefit of others, but really truly done for the benefit of myself because that's the only one I'm responsible for. As much as I'd like to help the whole world, at the end of the day, I can only really help myself. So if I'm helping myself and I am connected to everybody else, I am actually helping everybody else. And it's a blessing that people like the art and that they connect to it and that it helps them. And and it's past the art too, you know, it could just be ma- me ba- making a post saying how I'm feeling that day, maybe good or bad. And people are relating and feeling understood once again, because uh, sadly, not a lot of people in the media are being real. You know, Era is mm. just trying to flash how great they are and their positions and how beautiful. It's like Era is just putting their masks, their masters masks. And few are just being like, yo, man, I'm a human being having a hard day and that's okay. And I think people need a little bit more realness out there so they can just feel comfortable with their own struggles because we all struggle and and also if i'm having a good day they're not jealous about it they'll be all like oh i'm happy chris is back at being happy because i care about him or whatever you know so i don't know i'm just trying to be a, a good person and hope that that uh, is a good role model for other people out there who also have that intention yeah 
Yeah, I can see that being a, a major attribute of yours. Like I said, yeah, that's part of one of the reasons I'm attracted to you is because I could feel the similarities and some of those views and things. So I'm sure that you resonate with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love having role models too, you know, and, uh, you know, they're harder to find. But when I find like an artist yeah. that's like on point or a musician or whatever, I'm like, okay, another good guy. Great. Let's, uh, let's connect and uh, you know, or let's keep them, you know, let's follow them and see more of that because I, I need more positive influences in my life to keep on being fed by that energy and not get sucked down the other way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So speaking of keeping your ego in check, then, you know, what's that like now? Because you're, you know, rubbing shoulders with Alex Gray and Drew Brophy and you know Jimbo Phillips. And I heard you met Jim Phillips. Like, I mean, how does that feel like it sounds like ever since 2013 things started exploding it's like you're in this new um category almost like how do you manage that and yeah um well these people that i'm attracted to uh like alex jimbo jim these are all really nice humble humans that happen to do amazing art and be the legends of their movements but they're just kind of like me you know just dudes doing their thing and they're happy to be of service to make other people happy and they don't take themselves too seriously uh or you know not that they think they're jokes but they're not like oh my god i'm this guy and that guy like you can see a lot in the art world and when i I meet artists who are like oh my god i'm this guy because everybody tells me i'm cool now i think i'm cool I so don't want to hang out with that person anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, shit. Like, no, that's not what I want to be influenced yeah. into, you know? Uh, another reason why I stayed living in Montreal as opposed to moving to California or, you know, Southern California at least. Um, and then when it comes to like me becoming uh, somewhat famous or popular, it doesn't really matter. Once again, that's, that shouldn't be the reason why I love myself. I should love myself because I'm a good hearted person that has good intentions and you know not because i've gained some notoriety in the human world like that's cool too and i do have an ego and i do want to succeed and you know like i'm I'm stoked on myself and on my artistic accomplishments and i want to share it with passion because that's what i was born to do but you know at the end of the day may i make beautiful art or ugly art or may i be popular or not i would still love to love myself as much and that's always the uh, the goal For, because many days i don't love myself many days i still feel uh low self-esteem or uh insecure you know i'm a human being and uh once again those uh outside rewards or um, acknowledgements or you know you can't let the world be your confirmation that you're you're good you gotta know that you're good uh, and once you know you're good, you don't have to go out there bragging and, and trying too hard to get those, uh, you know, thumbs up from everybody. Like, okay, Chris, you're good. Now you can go on with your life. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So once again, that's the kind of things that Ayahuasca has been reminding me. Like, dude, like, yeah, of course, do your career and rock it and shine as bright as you can. But don't get lost on that shit. That's, yeah. that's the illusion of the little bubble of reality you live in. Yeah. But in the end, you're beyond that. So <laughs> Sounds like a nice frequency to be in. I would sort of take it as a landmark or an affirmation, but yeah, try not to get your ego wrapped up in it. But it's sort of like, oh, okay, like in five years, I'd like to be, 
you know, doing art with these guys, it's a bit of a, a milestone or something as well, right? Well, for and me, I, it's an honor, you know? Like, yeah. if there's any accomplishments I've made in my career, more than selling a painting or doing a big show, is that my elders and the artists that I respect have come to honor me at my show. Like, I had a big show in Miami, and both Alex Gray and Allison came, but then Ron English also came, and I was like, Oh my God, these artists who like I respect so much, who are my role models, they made the effort to come and see my show. My show's a success now. You know, may I sell zero paintings or lose a bunch of money? Those people who matter to me came, you know? Yeah. Uh, not that I just care about them because they're famous, but it's just because they're my my elders. Uh, they are where I would like to be at their age. So to get that... Uh, it's nice, you know, uh, but at the end of the day, it's also very nice if uh, if they didn't come and I still served my art to a bunch of fans who really needed that medicine. So that's yeah. what it's about. So, yeah, <laughs> nice. perspective. Yeah. So tell me a bit about this. So I am currently getting back to, you know, I was always drawing when I was a kid. I've always been more of a creative than a, a logical person or anything like that. So especially during COVID, I've been drawing. I got the, my wife got me the um, Drew Brophy starter kit for Christmas. So I've been using mm -hmm. the Posca pens and painting and whatnot. But I have a bit of a blockage and I noticed that I could draw the exact same thing that you drew or Drew drew or somebody else drew. And for some reason, when I see yours, I think, man, that looks great. But then when I look at mine, I think, oh, that looks like dog shit. And, you know, and I'm... I'm I'm trying to I'm looking for how do I get over that? Like how do you believe in your your work? Because really when I'm drawing, I just I look at an object and I can draw it in my own way, the same way you do. And I'm thinking, yeah. why why do I honor other people's stuff and not my own? Um, I would just recommend not to compare yourself. Um and I do that too, you know, like I got my style and I love my style and it's great. But then if I look at some artist that's really good at realism and I look at their work for, for like a while and then I go back to look at my work, my work looks flat all of a sudden. It's like, mm. oh, I don't like my art anymore because I was getting so excited by this art that in my brain is brand new as opposed to my art, which I know so well. So there's more, it's more, what they're doing is more interesting to me, at least in that moment. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a, total human situation to look at what other people are doing and compare yourself and many times feeling better or worse in that comparison so i'd say like just do art have fun and uh you know of course look at the art of others but don't allow yourself to say that all of a sudden you yours is not that good because he's better you know uh, use the whole thing where you admire other people's arts to stoke and be like, wow, that's such a level. Let's keep on working harder to get there, at least in my yeah. own way. And just have fun. You know, that's 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 great. Have you been joining uh, Drew Brophy's uh, online Posca parties? I'm there usually every Friday. So I saw okay. you. Yeah. So I saw you when you were a guest. And then I also saw you pop in during Jimbo Phillips a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Super fun. Yeah, those those are really fun. And I've actually never really met them in person. We were just kind of like on touch online, but can't wait to the next time I go to California and meet him in person. Yeah. I bought one of one of his boards too. I actually got to send him his PayPal, but um, oh, wow. the board he painted on my on my uh, special that I had with him, I was like, I want to buy that board. So <laughs> wow, yeah. 
Yeah, I also saw a video there where your parents' compound has tons and tons of walls. So are you getting murals up on all those right now? It's the plan. Well, in Peru, because, or at least where I'm at, I'm in Lima area. So I'm two hours south of Lima and Lima area is a big desert. And uh, the rule, because you just can't go to a piece of sand and be like, okay, I call this square of sand. Uh, the government can't just be like, all this sand is ours. It's just kind of, it's just like a bunch of sand. So yeah. the, the rule is if you build a house and any property in anywhere around Lima and you live in it for like a year or two, that chunk of land becomes yours. So my dad bought this property and it had no walls, but he can buy it. But if somebody comes and builds a house, they get to own it, even though my dad bought it. Really? So yeah, weird, right? This is very uh, strange. I know. So everybody in Peru, if you want to make sure that your land becomes your land, you got to put walls around it so nobody comes in and builds a house before you. So that's the first thing my dad had to do. He had to build walls all around his uh, little Hector. And uh, yeah, and then he built this house that we're in right now. And uh, yeah, so I got a lot of walls. And yes, my whole idea well i'm going to paint a lot of course but i want to invite many artist friends i have a lot of street artists and just artist friends in general and i want to invite them over for an art residency they can stay a couple weeks or a month enjoy nature escape from a winter and paint me a mural for free as a thank you yeah. uh, you know it's a multi-year project and i hope i end up with like amazing murals by a shitload of amazing artists uh for now it's all dreams uh but for yeah so i'm just starting to paint my own murals nice. once i get spray paint again and uh yeah it's uh it's gonna be a fun little community art place for now it's just family retirement home for my parents but nice. it's got potential so okay so your dad you said your dad bought the property though and some other guy can just come and build a house and own it. So I don't understand. Like, do you need to buy the property or? Well, because somebody was actually on this property before, you know, so I guess they had a little hut or something to kind of be like, hey, this hut counts like a house. Uh, so he had to come here and there's like actual papers that delineate his property and the neighbor actually like, ate a little bit of it by planting his garden a little bit into ours. So then we lost some property there because he kind of like ate into it. And then the wall had to kind of like go a little bit narrower at the end. Of, and you can, when you see it from Google Earth, you can see how he took this big triangle in the back. And But you just, you know, you go to court and it's just like a big situation. And if you lose it and you just lost it forever. So anyways, it's a complicated situation yeah. But yeah, sounds like some wild sounds like some wild frontier stuff like you could have a war over your own house like <laughs> oh yeah there's their situations there's wow. definitely a bunch of bullshit and corruption and yeah there's horror stories of people losing their land because somebody they were renting to just stay there forever and then they claimed it as their own and yeah yeah so are you missing Montreal at all during this time? Yeah. Um, basically, I was about to leave to Montreal and the border got closed. So I was oh. kind of forced to stay here, which is fine. I like it here. But yeah, it's spring right now in Montreal. Um, 
I love my, I bought an apartment last year and I love it. And I love my neighborhood. I live right next to the nice park. And um, yeah, I, I miss my studio and my art materials and my toys. But you know, they are just like, okay, Chris, what are you missing? Your stuff? And what is your stuff? You know, does that define you once again? Is that what makes you happy? Your stuff? You know, like, and I'm like, yeah, I, guess I can live without my records, you know? Sure, I'll be happy when I play them once again, but you know, but, till then, I guess I got Spotify or whatever. But <laughs> um, yeah, it'd be nice to be in Montreal, but I'm sure I'll be back <laughs> one day. Yeah. Do you have any? Do you have any skate opportunities where you are though? Um, I got a skateboard, and there's a little bit of a sidewalk right here on my dad's land. It's. I wish I had a mini ramp. If I had a mini ramp, I'd be skating every second day. Yeah, that'd yeah. be dope. I haven't been able to do that yet. That's like a five thousand dollar investment, so I'm waiting for the right time. But one day I'll have a mini ramp here for sure. <laughs> right on, right on. Well, man, thank you so much, dude, for being a guest on Perma Stoke. I'm Perma Stoke, sorry. I'm uh, I'm forever grateful, man. Yeah, no problem, Derek. Thank you so much for having me over. Yeah. All right, dude. Stay safe out there and, uh, you know, defend your property. Ah, (laughs) Oh, no, it's just stuff. Fuck it. Forget about (laughs) it. All right, man. Good talking to you. Stay stoked. Thank you, man. See you later. Blessings. I hope you enjoyed listening or watching the show. I want to once again say a big mahalo to my guest, Chris Dyer, for being a guest on the show and for being so open with us. His insights were priceless, and I feel inspired to just let go and let life happen. You can learn more about Chris Dyer at PositiveCreations.net. You can connect with him on Facebook at Chris Dyer's Positive Creations, Instagram at Chris underscore Dyer, Twitter at Positive Creator, and even on YouTube. And you can check out his documentary at PositiveCreations.ca slash documentary. And you can also check out his art venture videos there as well. And be sure to check out his Positive Creations hardback book and Chris Dyer coloring book, along with other great products on his website at positivecreations.net. And we want to say a big mahalo to Mark Malibu and the Wasagas for providing us with our intro music, Hey Chihuahua, from their 2009 album entitled Crash Monster Beach, and our outro music, End of Summer, off their 2017 album, Return of the Wasagas. Be sure to check them out and download their music on iTunes today. And we especially want to say mahalo to all you listeners out there. We're so grateful that you chose to join us for this episode, and we look forward to providing you with even more awesome content in the future, because there are more episodes on their way. In the meantime, feel free to go back and listen to previous episodes. And if you enjoyed listening or watching the show, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Please leave us a rating and a review, and share with your family and friends over social media or by telling people about it. You can also watch the show by visiting our YouTube channel, Freshwater Surf Goods. To learn more about Freshwater Surf Goods and to check out our products and services, visit freshwatersurfgoods.com. Be sure to sign up for the newsletter to stay up to date on new products, events, our SUP and yoga schedule, and other exciting news. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Freshwater Surf Goods. We are currently in need of artists and graphic designers to help us out with new product designs for the brand. 
We need photographers to provide some great lakes in both East Coast and West Coast surf photography. We need musicians for music on the podcast. We want to make this a real community effort and have you all be a part of it. Or if you have an idea for collaboration, would like to recommend a future guest, would like to invite me to an event or book me to teach SEP or yoga, or if you or your company are interested in being a sponsor of the show, hit me up on social media or email me at Derek at freshwatersurfkids.com. That's Derek spelled the Viking way. No double R's or C's, just D-E-R-I-K at freshwatersurfkids.com. And finally, Freshwater Surf Goods, our SUP school, Great Vibes Yoga, Meditation and Healing, and the Permastoke podcast are all currently based out of Vancouver, BC, with the intention of relocating to the Great Lakes region. My preference is to move somewhere along the coast of Lake Huron between Cardin and Sauble Beach to get that good surf and be in the woods somewhere. But we are open to other coastal communities in Southern Ontario. If you have any advice on how I might bring my business there and get set up, I would be extremely grateful. Also, I understand that I may need to get a real job for a while. So my education and work background is primarily in native community work, frontline emergency social service work, and coordinating both long-term and short-term nonprofit programs and projects. If you have any leads or suggestions around potential employment opportunities or relocation services, and how we might make the transition from the West Coast back to Ontario, it would be greatly appreciated. I look forward to next time and getting to know you all better. In the meantime, I'm your host, Derek Hyatt. Mahalo, freshies. Keep surfing and stay stoked.